Hello, my friends. We have got the latest Tuning Up to Thrive interview with my dear, dear friend, April. She is an expert in both human design, which you've heard me talk about, and the gene keys. And I look forward to hearing from April today about the gene keys. So, April, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we'll okay. talk about the Gene Keys. All right. That sounds good. Sandra, thank you so much for having me on. It's always an honor, and we have such good conversations, and just uh, thank you so much. I'm, I'm really, really happy to be here with you today. Um, my background, well, gosh, you know, I'm a 3-5 like you, so I've done a lot of different things. I've worked in the medical industry. I worked, uh, I was a foster parent, um, I was an herbalist, I was a doula for a while, uh, I'm an author, I'm a blogger, um, you know, I've, I've done a lot, a lot of things. Um, and uh, the Gene Keys kind of came on my radar one day, I was, you know, I'd been into human design for a while, and I'm very grateful for human design, it, it, it really uh, gave me a um, very firm foundation in terms of uh, the mechanics of how energy works in the human body and in interactions with other human beings. And so super grateful for human design and uh, really dove into that, um, got some education on it, started doing human design readings. But I kept stumbling upon this work called the Gene Keys by this man by the name of Richard Rudd. And when I would read what he was writing, and I'll speak to my from my heart here because I, to me that's the way you approach the gene keys is it's a heart-centered work uh, you approach it from your heart when I would uh, look at the things that he wrote and talked about it just stirred something very deep in me I'm, I'm a I love poetry I've, I've done I've written poetry I uh, love literature and it just resonated on a very deep soul level heart level with me and I kept running into it. And I finally thought, you know, I need to really investigate this. And um, so I did research as I do <laughs> and uh, looked up the Gene Keys and uh, did my profile. And when I looked at my profile, it was like he had somehow snuck into my mailbox and read my mail. <laughs> it was so profound. And um, there was so much that uh, resonated very deeply with me. Uh, on a on a soul level, and I knew this was the other part uh, to what I was looking for. Uh, human design was really filling a big part for me in terms of understanding myself, but this was diving into things that I had struggled with, shadow uh, elements in my life, and that that you know it, it wasn't it was stuff that was already there that I maybe wasn't quite very conscious about. And once you become conscious of something, you have agency and you can start to really work with it. And you can, in time, as you work with it, as you do this contemplation, because it is a contemplation, you start to see shifts in your life. And, um, you know, it was an inspiring thing. From It was difficult. I mean, when I when I dove into it, because it was bringing up a lot of things. But that's how we heal is when these things come to the surface. And so um, I started to think, okay, well, maybe I would like to share this with others. And so I began uh, the guides program 
And smack dab in the middle of the guides program, I ended up very ill and had a near-death experience. And it was phenomenal to me how the, the, the things I was going through at the time, really, it was like the work, this work of Gene Keys was not just happening on an intellectual level. It was happening in front of me for me to witness and to work out almost like I was in a laboratory and I, I was touching and feeling and seeing these things occur and becoming aware of them. And it is through that awareness that things started to shift and continue to shift in my life. So that's just kind of a, a, a little kind of short little bit about me and about how I got into the Gene Keys. Okay, so if you go to the Gene Keys website and you do a profile, you're going to see something like this, okay? And this, this looks a little bit overwhelming, um, but what I recommend is go there, do your profile, but really look at, download the PDF and read the paragraphs that come with this and see if you don't feel kind of a resonance as you read them. Um, this is mine. This is my profile. And you can see uh, this one up at the top here says life's work. This is a very thematic uh, uh, key for me. Uh, it's the 24. Okay. And in human design, this is gate 24, gate of uh, returning. And here in the Gene Keys, um, it has three expressions. Uh, it can, in its shadow expression, it can express as addiction. In its, um, what we call the gift, which is in the shadow, uh, it can express as invention. And in the city, which I would consider, I, I, I use the words like divine, divine expression, uh, it, it, it expresses as silence. And then the point three, that's the line, and that has further nuance about this particular key. Um, I, when I look at the 24, for example, you know, the only difference between a shadow and a gift is it's, is that um, it's not realized. It's not, a, you're not awake to it. You don't understand it. So I like to look, it's the best example I've, I've seen about this particular one is that addiction is like, a cycle you can't get out of. And I've definitely experienced that in my life. I mean, this really jumped out at me, whether it was work, whether it was exercise, whether it was food, you know, all these things in my life uh, that I would get into this almost obsessive kind of addictive behavior, even things that, that look really good, but there's a certain helplessness and hopelessness when you get into that cycle and it, or at least a perceived one. And you feel like you're going in circles around and around and around. Whereas invention is a spiral and it goes up and up and up. So you can see how, how the gift, once, once you realize, once you see what's going on, you have awareness around it, you can pivot and turn, turn um, the shadow into a higher expression, which is the gift. Um, so each of these, like this top one is green. So anything in green would be considered the activation sequence, which is one sequence um, that I work with people. And so you would approach it one at a time. So the activation sequence has four different keys here. And then, so that's about your four prime gifts. These are huge themes in your life um, that you tend to live out, whether you're aware of them or not. 
And then there is the Venus sequence, which is the second sequence, which is all about almost karmic imprints that we kind of we kind of are born with, we come, we come into the world with that impact our relationships and how we relate to others. So the Venus sequence all about love. It really is the heart of this work. Um, if you, you know, it, once you get to the Venus sequence, you, you hopefully have allowed or, un, or gotten used to uh, contemplation. And so it, it goes easier, but it's very, very revealing. And again, you kind of get to see this happen in your relationships as you interact with people, as you interact with the world, you see these things come up. I could definitely see my five here in my EQ, which is emotional intelligence uh, with impatience. And that was in the shadow there. I could definitely, definitely see that in my life and in my relationship with my husband. And our shadows tend to kind of oh, play. So April, so give us examples of how understanding this actually helps me manage things like my relationships in my life, like okay. practical. Okay. I'm going to give you a, a practical example from my own life that I, that I discovered. Um, so we, in, in the Venus sequence, we have what's called the Eden loop. Okay. And this is a way of relating to people where you trigger each other's shadows. So you, uh, for my husband and myself, and maybe in other relationships, there is this sequential triggering. So I react, I become reactive based on something I perceive he did. And then he turns around and becomes reactive based on what he perceives I did. And it's the, it's a loop. It's called the Eden loop. Okay. When you start to see this occur, and for me, it was my, you know, my impatience with him or immaturity with him. And when I would notice it, I then could change the pattern. So rather than become reactive at what I perceived to be some sort of um, something he was doing to me and seeing myself as a victim, I could take responsibility for what was happening on the inside of me, not for what he was doing or what I thought he was doing, but for what was happening on the inside of me. And I could pause. I could take a moment and slow down and and then I would not react when I was ready, when it was correct, when I was calm, I could respond to that situation. So what it does is it points out, oh, April, you're in conflict. You might become impatient. You might become immature. This might pop up for you. Can you notice that? And once you do, can you, can you pause before you react? So this is what the Venus sequence, it's one of the many things the Venus sequence kind of uh, taught. You know, we can't, if we don't have an awareness about what's on the inside of us, we really are subject to reactivity. We really can't stop ourselves. You know, human beings in general are pretty innocent because they're pretty unaware a lot. You know, until we know something, until we notice it, there's really not too much we can do about it. But once we've noticed it, we have that option of slowing down, of pausing and changing the pattern. So when I started to do this in my relationship with my husband and other relationships in my life, I noticed that the dynamics between us shifted. And, and what happens is when you start to notice what's going on in you, they notice less, less of what you're doing. They, let, they notice less the reactivity and they just automatically, they don't even have to necessarily be interested or know anything about the gene keys, it automatically causes them to start to pause and think about what's going on in them because they're not, that's the thing with the Eden loop. 
I can, if I can focus on your reaction, then I don't have to focus on what's going on in the inside of me. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And so what I hear you saying is just like with human design, if it helps me understand what I'm doing and how I'm reacting better, mm -hmm. I have the ability to be aware of that and make a choice in the moment yes. to shift. Yes, yes. And even if the other person has no interest mm -hmm. in understanding of this, it helps make your relationship smoother. Yes. Because I'm changing it over here on my end. And they then respond in a different way as, as the dynamic changes. Yes, yes. It, it has kind of this kind of like ripple effect outward. And this is not just in romantic relationships. This is in our professional relationships, our friendships. If we can become conscious and aware of what's going on inside of us and meet whatever is going on with compassion um, by embracing it. That's the thing. I, I always kind of like compare the shadow to if I had a bad cut on my arm, I certainly would not cut off my arm, right? It doesn't make a lot of sense. The sh Our shadows are part of us. They're unhealed uh, wounds. Uh, you could say, I like to call the Gene Keys kind of like our curriculum on our hero's journey. They are the things that we've come here to kind of learn to work with and tr and transmute into a higher expression. So we don't want to hate on ourselves or be negative towards those shadows. We want to deeply embrace and love ourselves and give ourselves lots of compassion as we extend that to others as well, knowing they have their own life curriculum. And the reason that our fractals kind of come together is because we help each other work those things out. There's no accidents in who we attract onto in onto our fractal, you know, and how who we interact with, because it provides that contrast that we all need to grow and to evolve and to become the highest expression of who we came here to be. And so this work is important is is needs to be approached with a lot of love and compassion. And I think that's the biggest thing I try to get across when I'm teaching classes or guiding classes, we don't use the word teach in human design, or if I'm working one-on-one -on -one with someone, uh, is please have a lot of compassion with yourself because you, when you don't know something, you can't help necessarily how you react to it. But once you become aware, you can work with that thing. And so let's be very loving. Let's embrace and accept these parts of ourselves. Uh, like we're welcoming back a, a little child that, you know, is having a, had a little moment, you know, let's be very kind and parent ourselves. And then as we do, these things just kind of naturally shift and it doesn't happen overnight. It takes time. It takes awareness. It takes contemplation. But little by little by little, we make progress on on this journey and we see our our life start to bloom. We see um we see ourselves just really start to change in the way that we, and not just us, us, but everybody that we come in contact with. So when talking with people about human design, I talk about how it also describes all of your gifts. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing with Gene Keys. Tell us a little bit about that. So yes, all of the, when we were looking at the chart, 
you can see that so there was the shadow at the bottom and then just above it was the gift. So within every shadow, there is a gift. So all of those points that you were seeing on that profile all contain gifts. And the gift is, is the higher expression of who we really are. It is really who we are. It's, it's what we've come to give to ourselves and to one another. And you can kind of see, so when you look at the bottom, you see my shadow addiction, just above it, invention, go down to the uh, one five, the 1.5, you see entropy is a shadow, freshness. So how do we break entropy? We break the pattern and, and bring in something fresh into our lives. So all of these, it gives you kind of a map to find the gifts that were, that are in your shadow. Instead of this kind of, you know, bad, good paradigm where we beat ourselves up for our shortcomings, you know, we look within ourselves, within those shortcomings, what we perceive to be shortcomings, and we find these beautiful gifts. So tell us another story about how this has made a difference in your understanding of yourself and your life. Um, I think one of the biggest things it's helped me to, to do is have a great deal of compassion and love for myself in that I, I understand that these, you know, you've heard of the, the hero's journey, Joseph Campbell's work, that we all come here with certain challenges. Um, all of us, we all have them. And, and, and we always think that we're the only ones. We're the only ones that are struggling or, uh, facing difficulties. And that's not just not true. The human uh, experience, this movie, as Ra used to call it, um, is all about facing these giants and overcoming them and, and come. It's a, it's a hero's journey. It's about empowerment. So what, what's difficult oftentimes is we can always kind of um, diagnose the problem. Okay. I have a problem with this. Okay. But the, but the diagnosis itself, the, is not necessarily enough to always overcome them. What Jinkies does is it gives you kind of a, I don't like to say the word formula, but I, I'm not coming up with a better one. It gives you kind of a map. Okay. So that's a better word. It gives you a map to, to overcome them, to work with them. And, you know, I, I like to give the analogy, you know, if you're, if you're trying, if you're in a car and you're trying to get to a destination, you have a destination in mind, okay? Um, it's your city. So let's say it's the highest expression of who you are. It's the divine expression of who you are. The shadows are just like those cars on the side and behind you. You have to have an awareness of them, but you don't want to focus on them to the point that you crash your car. So when you work with the Gene Keys, it, it really does come down to having self-compassion and self-love and being able to have that awareness without condemning yourself. And I think that's, you know, I've done shadow work before. I, um, I have a history of working with Mondo and Renzai Zen, and those are very wonderful uh, systems to work with. But the, there is almost kind of this, that's bad or that's wrong kind of, um, feeling that comes along with it. And it's kind of counterintuitive. It actually, you can't, if you have a lack of compassion or, and you, and you deal with those things as if you're bad or wrong, it's almost like it just amplifies the expression of that thing. Whereas if you can learn to just 
hold awareness around it. Through that awareness, over time, these things just kind of naturally transmute. And I think that's the biggest thing for me was to stop kind of moralizing my imperfections, if that makes any sense, and just approach them with, okay, yes, I see you. I see that you're coming up once again, and I'm going to love myself no matter how this turns out. And little by little by little, it's less of an issue because I'm regarding it. I'm regarding these, these difficulties, these things I struggle with as something to be paid attention to. Um, why? You know, Gabor Mate always asks about addiction. And I can talk on this because this is pretty much my major shadow. It's, the, it's my life's work. He, why the addiction? Not, not, you know, why is it? Where's the pain coming from? What, you know, having an awareness over why is it that I feel like I have to do this thing in order to feel, you know, better, to feel peace? Well, in the case of something like addiction, you know, it can be pain that we don't want to feel. It can be um, boredom that we don't want to feel any kind of discomfort, right? So can I learn to sit with that discomfort? Can I learn to be with it? Um, that has been a big part of this work. In every single one of those keys that you see, there's a certain amount of like, can I be with the discomfort? Can I be, I'm feeling this impatience. Can I be with it? Can I approach it, it rather than, you know, it's bad that I feel impatient right now, or I'm a bad person because I feel impatient now. Can I approach it with, oh, I see that you're feeling impatient. Let's just allow impatience to be there. And, you know, a, an uncomfortable emotion uh, only lasts about 90 seconds. So if I can just sit with that rather than push it away, it really doesn't last a long time. And that's been part of that self-compassion for me. Can I sit with this discomfort? And as I do that, it's less and less of an issue as time goes on. Um, but again, it's not overnight. It, you know, it's, it's allowing those things to come, being um, feeling like it's safe to have those things come up for you and just allowing them to be. I know it really helps me when doing human design for myself or with others to go looking for, there's a gift here too. Yes. Tremendous. Yes. Yes. Every shadow has a gift within it. So the thing that we push away, the shadow, when we push it away because we call ourselves bad or it bad, contains the very thing that we need. So rather than push it away, embrace it embrace it, bring it close, sit with it, feel it, allow it to have its expression. Um, you know, that doesn't mean that we go around blowing up on people or doing awful things. We just sit with it. We have an awareness that it's happening within me. I am feeling, you know, that need right now to go on Amazon and buy a bunch of things, right? Or go on a shopping spree. Uh, I'm feeling like I want to go in and have that chocolate cake, all of it, you know, or whatever it might be, you know, just I'm feeling it, admitting it to ourselves, letting it be there, allowing it to be there, and then watching as we allow it to pass on through. And then your awareness around it is greater and greater. So, you know, I realized that, you know, there's a chocolate cake in there. And this time I'm like, 
you know, I, I can feel this discomfort rather than go in and do something harmful and eat that whole thing. You know, I can just allow myself to feel this right now. And it's not that bad. It's, you know, there's a part of the subconscious that um, looks at anything painful as something to be avoided. And I understand that, but pain and, and discomfort in life is part of life. And so if we can learn to fully accept that and allow ourselves to experience it, it keeps it from becoming amplified and it shortens the duration of it. That's the good news. Thank you so much. You're it's welcome. been a wonderful conversation. Thank you. How can people connect with you if they want to know more? Well, you know, my I have a, a, a young adult child that was very kind to set up a link tree with me. Um, and so um, it's, and, and it, you can find everything, all of my sites and places and spaces right there on that link tree. Um, and it's uh, Linktree, it's got a little period between the R and the E, uh, slash April Novoa. And my last name is spelled N-O-V-O-A. And that will give you my website. It will give you my Substack. I'm a, I write on Substack. Uh, it'll give you my podcast. I have a, a Spotify platform. I've got a YouTube plat platform and then, of course, Substack. And so you can find all of my relevant details and places to reach me at my Linktree. So it's, it's slash April, N-O-V-O-A, which is my last name. And there will be a link to that with the video. Thank you so much. So do you have a last message that you want to leave people with? Mm. We need to learn to have an open heart. I feel like, you know, that is the central message of the Gene Keys, um, is, is a, it's about learning to live with an open heart. And what that means is it means becoming spacious for first for ourselves, because if we don't do it for ourselves, if we don't become loving and keep an open heart towards ourselves, we cannot do that for anyone else. So living with an open heart means creating kind of a spaciousness for yourself and for all of uh, the good, the bad, the ugly, and everything in between everything that, that is is there, everything that is the sum total of who you are. So making space for that, once we can do that for ourselves, we can extend that to others. So I guess that would be what I would like to leave this with. Open your heart towards yourself, love yourself, even the parts that maybe aren't pleasing to you or might be tripping you up. And extend. then you can extend that to others, but do that work first. And uh, also, I just want to mention, um, if you want to get your free profile, you can go to genekeys.com and, and do it there. And it's super simple. I would really recommend reading the synopsis, which are the four paragraphs. Uh, you can download the PDF. And I think that most people will be quite surprised and even maybe elated uh, that, you know, they'll feel seen when they see it. Thank you so much, April. It's always so nice talking with you. It's been a pleasure, Sandra. And um, I, I just appreciate you so much. And thank you for uh, giving me this platform to talk about the Gene Keys because they are, they are my heart. Wonderful. So 
Thank you for watching this interview and connect with April if you feel inclined to, um, you know, dip your toes in the water of the Gene Keys. Turn up the flame feeding your magic and we will see you soon. Thank you. Thank you.